This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, uh, good morning. It's right afternoon. on the right on the. No, it's afternoon. As soon as it hits midday, it's afternoon. It's it's fifteen seconds past the hour. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Nick Helm, and this is Nathaniel Metcalf, and you are listening to Nick and Matt's fan, fan club. club. First rule of fan club: tell all your friends. Tell about your friends fan about club. fan club. Second rule of fan club: please, please tell, tell your, your friends, friends about fan club. Uh, we're literally getting three retweets. Three weeks. And, not, and, not uh, they weren't retweets, Nick. They were favourites. <laughs> three favourites. Favourites and, and one like. One like. Uh, one of them was me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with you. It's a pretty niche club. It is. Uh, but, but you're all welcome. <laughs> Please be welcome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so fan club is a uh, show where me and Nathaniel Metcalf, uh, old old friends, we've known each other for. I was going to say, I'd say over ten years. About ten years. I'd say twelve years. Twelve years. I think we we started doing uh, Richard Sandings Club. Yeah, something like that. But it's Crikey. not about us. It's about mindless tats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so this is a show that's really about uh, pop culture, and uh, uh, there's got to be a more concise way of describing it. But later on, we're going to be joined by our guest journalist Hayley Campbell. Uh, so, uh, and, and she's actually here today, uh, Joel Tomit. So uh, that's how you do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so right, okay. Uh, what have you been up to this week, Nat? What have I been into? I tell you what, I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying a very English scandal on BBC One. Oh yeah, with Hugh Grant. With Hugh Grant, that's a TV show, isn't it? It is. It? Yeah. yeah, I love it. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Hugh Grant. Do you like Hugh Grant, Nick? I do. I love Hugh Grant. I think it's very difficult to do that like comedy stuff well and I think he does it incredibly well yeah he does do it very well yes I this is basically what the show is <laughs> do you like Hugh Grant yeah I like Hugh Grant he does do that well he does what's your favourite <laughs> Hugh Grant film oh that's a good one uh, I quite like it when he's a bit of a dick in films yeah um, so I quite like um, I quite like um, About a Boy yeah I like Four Weddings and a Funeral love it yep love it I think he's often unserviced by some films that aren't Terribly good, sure. but I think he's often very good in them. Yeah, big fan of Grant. Sure, I met um, uh, Andy McDowell this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was through circumstances, uh, which was um, yeah odd because Four Winds and a Funeral is obviously a classic, yeah. and Groundhog Day Groundhog is one of Day. my all-time favourite films, and. Um, uh, green card multiplicity was my mum's favorite film. She's in multiplicity as well. I didn't even think of multiplicity, uh, but um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited talking about it. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I texted my friend who's working with her, and um, uh, and uh, she texted me back, and um, I'd been in the middle of watching Hudson Hawk, oh, yeah. which Andy McDowell's in, and Andy McDowell did. Uh, uh, extract of it for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was uh, yeah. It's a big, a big moment in my life. Anyway, uh, so Hugh Grant, your favourite film would be Four Winds and a Funeral yeah, or probably. About a Boy. Yeah. See, I really like um, uh, what's the one? Music and lyrics. Oh yeah, I love it. I think that it's kind of like uh, he obviously made these classic romantic comedies where uh, you know he was working with Richard Curtis and you know you got Notting Hill and you got. Uh, about a boy, and uh, he was in Bridget Jones, and he did Four Winds and a Funeral. These feel like really classic films. And then he made a string of kind of like sort of lesser, lesser second tier romantic comedies. Very, yeah, second tier, very formulaic kind of like B movie romantic comedies where you have stuff like Did You Hear About the Morgans, uh, mm-hmm. Music and Lyrics. There was uh, Two Weeks Notice. Two Weeks Notice. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Music and Lyrics is kind of like it's not a great film, I, it, it, but it almost is. It, is. it almost is. But it doesn't seem to quite have enough budget to pull off what they're trying to do. No. So it just feels very cheap. But it's got an excellent Hugh Grant performance in yeah, it. Yeah, he sort of plays a sort of kind of George Michael. He's not even George Michael, is he? He's Andrew Ridgely, I think isn't he's he? Andrew he's, he's sort of he's he's in a, he's been in a Wham type band in the eighties. He's both members of Wham because he's both the creative driving force yes. and also the forgotten about uh, yes. secondary <laughs> member. Uh, although um, a big fan of Andrew Ridgely. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we love him. I mean, I'm just, I don't want to be negative about no, anyone sure. on this show. I feel my whole life is filled with negativity. Well, that's it. That's the thing about the show, isn't it? We're not trying to be negative, Nick. Not We're trying, trying to be, be positive. 
But um, but well, it's got like two or three really great uh, songs that it Hugh has. Grant sang in it. Uh, the band was oh, come on, you got to type faster than that. The, yeah, the band was called Pop, and there was a song at the beginning. In, in the in the Pop the film, goes my heart, was it? Pop goes my heart yes. was the name of the song. Oh, we should play it. Can we get it up? Yeah, brilliant. And uh, yeah, it was really good. And it's Hugh Grant singing it, and uh, uh, he's obviously auto tuned the fuck out of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and, Hugh, uh, and and Drew Barrymore plays the other character in it, and yes. uh, she's she's great, really great film. I wouldn't say it was my fa- would I say it was my favourite Hugh Grant? What what's it up against? Layer of the White Worm. Oh yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> no, have you seen that though? Yeah, I've seen it. That's crazy. It is That's a crazy film. But Ken um, Russell. Ken Russell, and yeah, it's completely different from what I was expecting it to be. But, um, it's a very good uh, sort of teenage boy film, though. It used to be a sort of late night Channel Four one. Uh, by that you mean it's a bit rude lots of nudity a bit rude um, yeah uh, I watched it quite recently and I got just as much out of it as I think <laughs> I would have done had I watched it 27 years ago 20, I don't know how old I am I'd have been 10 what have you been enjoying this week Nick um, well um, well so what was you enjoying you were enjoying oh, a very English handle yeah and it's worth it oh it's brilliant I don't watch a lot of TV I'm sort of like behind the times well I'm not really I, I, yeah I'm not a big TV watcher I, but I was a big fan of Hugh Grant <laughs> Hugh I've got to remember to say my H's in the Hughes yeah Hugh Grant <laughs> otherwise it's I just say Hugh Grant you, like you Grant right um no, I don't really watch a lot of... Uh, I said last week that I just watch cookery shows. But one of the things that I'm c- trying to catch up with, you know, I've got my finger on the pulse, I'm going through uh, all of the telly. I'm up to uh, season two of uh, Mad About You at the moment. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mad About You was a film in the... It was a TV show in the 90s yeah. starring uh, Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. What happened was I watched season two of uh, Stranger Things... Yeah. And I realised how much I love Paul Reiser. Yeah. Do you like My Two Dads? Uh, well, I'm, I'm saving that okay. for, uh, for after I finish <laughs> with Mad About You. But um, Paul Reiser was uh, one of the doctors, played the main doctor in um, uh, Stranger Things Part 2. And I uh, wasn't a big fan of the first series, but then I enjoyed the second series because I sort of settled into the fact that it was just a load of callbacks to other better films. <laughs> but uh, Paul Reiser was in it, and I think the idea was that you were meant to think he was like a shady character. But this is a spoiler, really, isn't it? You're meant to think that he's a shady character because of uh, aliens. aliens. So the reason he's in it is because of aliens. And you meant to go, oh, he's going to be up to no good. But, um, yeah, he's a really likable guy. And, uh, yeah, so I, started, uh, so I watched Aliens, re-watched Aliens, and I've always been an alien fan. Yes, yeah. And not have a lot of time, don't have a lot of time for Aliens. I'm similar, I'm similar. Um, but uh, re-watched Aliens. And when you, like, take into account that it's a completely different thing from the first one, then, you know, Alien is, like, a, a very kind of artistically directed, naturalistically mm-hmm. performed uh a haunted house horror movie. Um, and that's it's a haunted house in space. It's a haunted house in space. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and I really, I really love it. And, um, uh, and Aliens, when you watch them back to back, the tonal shift is something that I can't really get my head around. Mm. The fact that now everyone speaks in one-liners and, uh, and I don't mind the fact that it's a genre sh- switch. I think that's like the clever, right thing to do. Um, but, because uh, you can't just remake Aliens. Yeah, sure. Um, but, I, yeah, I've never really got on that well with Aliens. But I watched it again recently, really loved it. I like the fact you, you've seen Paul Reiser in Stranger Things and you followed it up by going, I'll watch the entire career of Paul Reiser. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like he's one of those guys that isn't... Um, the, he's probably having a bit of a resurgence at the yeah, moment. Yeah. I've started following him on Twitter and he's sort of interested on Twitter and a nice guy. But um, he was also in that uh, One Night at McCall's Oh, yes. Where he was playing the sex pervert guy in it. (laughs) And it's kind of like, it's such a big change, because obviously he was doing Mad About You around about the same time. And it's such a big change from uh, playing, like, the likeable New York lead in, in like, a family sitcom. Well, it's not really a family sitcom. It's quite risque sometimes for the 90s. Mad About You might be coming back. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Boner alert. We (laughs) We should have a thing. Uh, why are you... Oh, and it's also in Red Oaks. OK, I'm going to get there. These are all very contemporary things, though, and I'm really uh, trying to get through his 90s output. I, my only reference for Man About You was it had a crossover episode mad, with... Mad, uh, mad About You. 
mad about you. Mad. That's what I said. I think it's just my funny voice. You said man. I'm mad about you mm. was <laughs> had a crossover with friends, didn't it? Yeah, because Ursula, who is Phoebe's identical twin, yeah. plays the waitress in the cafe. Yeah. And it's one of those things, isn't it? It's part of that uh, Timothy Westfall multiverse. Have you seen that? Where all American TV crosses over so much that you can work out that all TV is connected to each other. Oh, really? Because um, ER had a cameo in, you know, Dr... I don't know if he was playing Dr. Ross, but George Clooney yeah, came yeah. in in the, the early series, and Caroline in the City as well, Leah Thompson. Yeah. Is it Leah or Lee? Leah? May I actually? Got, do you know what? I don't know. I'm going to say Leah. I'm going to say Lee. OK. Yeah. All right. It's nice to have differences. Let's call, call the, the whole, whole thing, thing off. Uh, Nick Helm and Daniel Metcalf Spanker on Food Bar Radio. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a, punch, a punctuation, doesn't it? Um, and what else? Uh, what, we're coming up to <laughs> 10 past 12. What can we fill in for this before we get our guest in? Should we just play a song? We can play a song and bring our guest on. Yeah, what are right. we going to play first? We're going to play uh, I'm Down by Aerosmith, cover version from the Beatles. Lovely. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to introduce her. You telling lies, thinking I can't see. You can't cry because you're laughing at me. Radio presents. Oh, we're joined now by uh, Bobby Crush. Hurrah! Hello, sir. Yeah. In the flesh. You know, at this stage in my life, you know, to be given something like <laughs> this, you know, this is my 64th year. In you know, I've just, I've, no, no. 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 Oh, no, I thought no. you were a child star. No, no, I've just, I've just turned 64. <laughs> oh, thank, okay. thank you very much. How rude. Oh, this is what no. you should never talk about. This is what you should and never no, talk about. No. Every Monday. Ian from 2 p.m. Fubar Radio. Hello and w- uh, welcome back. That's what we say when we get back. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. You're, you're looking at me like uh, you can't see this, at home, but Nathaniel's looking at me like I've done something really wrong. No, I'm not. I'm, I've got to look. I've got to look at at, at Nick. Well, <laughs> and, and now Come in. And uh, I mean, I didn't press that button in the first place, Natalie. <laughs> you, my mic wasn't live. That was the problem. That was my uh, too many cooks. Now, uh, <laughs> now uh, we're joined in the studio now by uh, journalist uh, Haley Campbell. Hello. Um, hello. Do you like to be referred to as a journalist, Haley? I feel a bit like a fraud. A fraud. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Would you prefer the term writer? No, that's even more what, pretentious. What would right. you like to be called? Um, I, I really don't know. I have no idea. But we'll go with journalists. Pop cultural experts extraordinaire. Well, when you were talking about aliens too, do you know what my first thought was? Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> uh, aliens. So I was watching bits the other day, and I think an <coughs> underrated bit of Aliens is when it zooms in on Sigourney's underpants and a bit of her pubes are sticking out. When's <laughs> that? I watched it on Blu-ray recently. Well, it should be in HD. It's when she's getting out of the pod. What's the difference between HD? Because she's got grey underpants. She does. Aliens, they all have quite grey. white pants in the first Oh, one. do they? So yeah. it's a continuity <coughs> error? Yeah. Oh. Well, no, maybe they've just changed. Well, that's what, a, are they in stasis, you think? She was yeah. in stasis. Well, she's in the pod. Mm. I'd be suspicious if I was Sigourney if I walked out. Hang on, what's happened here? <laughs> Someone's taking my underpants off and I'm yeah, them with a new pair. I did have surgery once and woke up with no pants on. I know you I do. Did have, I did have them when I went in. You've told me this story and it's a disturbing story. <laughs> We've known each other for too long. I've got new, no new stories. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you want to, I mean... Well, you can, but it's, it, it feels like what happened, but no, the answer can only be three. I had surgery when I was 15. Knee surgery? Yeah. So nowhere around... Nowhere now. Well... Nowhere would need. It's in the lower areas, but I went in under general. The knee. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're all we're we're learning here, guys. General anaesthetic. Went in, knocked out, had pants on, woke up, no pants on at all. That's okay. Well, exactly. Okay, and um, 
I think let's just keep it light Hayley <laughs> let's keep it light um, uh, but on that subject it's, uh, what you went into surgery and you had pants on and then you wake up and you didn't have pants on that's a little bit like uh, in The Empire Strikes Back isn't it when uh, Han Solo's got handcuffs on and then he gets put in carbonite yes. and then the next thing is he's got his hands up Yes, yes exactly. it's, it's, a, it's a bit like that. It's exactly like so uh, we've managed to make that nerdy. So that's okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've saved it. What was once well, disturbing there was, is there now. There was a Seinfeld episode where he went under a general anaesthetic. Yeah. At the dentist and woke up with his shirt untucked and he wasn't sure if it was tucked when he went in. Okay. Well, this is it, isn't it? Because me and you like. Do you, do you like Seinfeld? Ne? Yeah, I do like Seinfeld. I find that everything in my life. When I go, oh, that's a thing. It's always been an episode of Seinfeld, isn't it? Yeah, Anything nothing, that's ever happened to you. Nothing we've ever done is new. And if yeah. Seinfeld doesn't cover it, then Curb Your Enthusiasm does. Yeah. So it's Larry like David's other. just got all of it. I do prefer Curb Your Enthusiasm. But that's only because I think it's more recent and Seinfeld hasn't aged as well as it could have. It does look quite 90s-y, doesn't it? A lot of the plots wouldn't have existed if people just had mobile phones. Yeah. Um, yes. But I did grow up watching Seinfeld. Uh, you remember, they couldn't find a time slot for it. BBC yes, two. yeah. Well, Sometimes it, it would be on at one o'clock in the morning. Over here, it's like a cult show, isn't it, Seinfeld? Because yeah. it would never be on, like, it, it was only ever, like, it was on some nights at midnight, if you remember to watch it, or oh. there wasn't football or some sporting event on. Only mm. people like you saw it, whereas where I grew what up in Australia... What do you mean? people like me? <laughs> where, where I grew up, they play, <laughs> they play what, it more part of the, the fan club. <laughs> yeah. The cool guys. Yeah. Who grew up to have radio shows. Exactly. Exactly. All of you. Yeah. Yeah. The cool guys. They watched it. The, yeah. Only the cold guys. Watched yeah. it then, yeah. Mm, yeah. But you grew up in Australia. <laughs> yes. And they play it. They used to have a... Uh, they'd repeat an episode at 7 and then do a new episode on Wednesdays at 7.30. So everybody saw it. And oh, then I came over deal. here and realized that when something happens in your life, you can't just say, oh, it was like that episode of Seinfeld where this happened. You actually had to explain yourself and tell full stories and it was a complete pain in the ass. Until I got a job in the comic shop and met, you know... People like me. People cool guys. Like <laughs> cool guys like me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I used to work with Hayley for five years. Yes, now we my both boss. worked in a comic book shop. Ultimate nerd. You were Hayley's boss. I was Hayley's boss. Oh, yeah. Well, look at me. Imagine. Because you retired this week, didn't I've you? I've retired, yeah. I've retired from the world of uh, comics. You're wearing a madman shirt. I am. So I haven't, I haven't strictly retired. I'm, I'm still <laughs> keeping it keeping it real for the kids. Anyway, Hayley, what have you been up to this week? Well, what are you up to at the moment? Well, what I'm doing is I'm, uh, I'm avoiding writing a book by watching Frasier from the beginning. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's a show I can't get behind. That was a show that everyone was like, oh, it's very intellectual, isn't it? It's very clever and intellectual. It's, like, it's not really. The jokes are the same jokes that you'd get in any sitcom, mm. but they're just referencing opera. Yeah. Yes. Well, there was a wanking joke the other day that referenced Rachmaninoff. Exactly. I mean, just exactly. fuck off, Frasier. <laughs> 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 but then but that's how much I'm avoiding a book. Right, okay. Oh, no, that's... Uh, that, yeah, right, okay, fine. <laughs> but you should go back and watch Cheers, you know, the prequel to Frasier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just find out where it all began. If you watch it afterwards, you can see how it all links up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where you got the headphones from. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's good. Uh, so you're here to talk about... Some of your favourite s- things. Some of your favourite things. I was trying to explain that uh, we've been describing it as uh, a bit like the opposite of Room 101. Uh-huh. Uh, and then someone pointed out to me, it's more like uh, Desert Island Discs. But which the same is as that. already yeah. a radio but show. But you're not limiting people. We're not yeah, limiting we're not, we're not people, people you're not, you're Desert Island Discs. this is the only one you're allowed to take Exactly. To also, I like the idea because the internet is full of pricks saying this is bad and this is shit. Exactly. And, and, and vice is just full of negativity and meanness yeah. whereas this is just nice just so talking about things we like except you don't like Fraser. I don't you're like Frasier but I'm allowed to have that opinion and you're allowed to love it even though you didn't come on saying that you love Frasier no so I just said that's the thing I'm that, doing that's something that you're watching I'm still making my mind up uh, but I tell you what if you push through the first season of Mad About You, uh, <laughs> you, you will come to love those characters um, it's very smug the first series uh, but okay so uh, Hayley why don't you tell us what your favourite <laughs> TV show is well, Seinfeld was my favourite TV show. I was oh, it. Was that what it was going to be? That was going to be. Oh. <laughs> Fuck that. Sorry. What else? What else do you like about Seinfeld? I, 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 I think I, I think I'm increasingly becoming George. Yeah. The older I get. Well, I like to think I'm Elaine, but I'm definitely George. Okay. But if um, you were a Fraser character, which one would you be, Nick? Um. Oh. 
So it's, um, I'd be uh, uh, Newman. No, no, not Newman. I would be. Uh, I'd, I'd be uh, the uh, Kramer. Hey, you sent me an interesting thing this week, Nick. Oh yeah, the, the thing about. Do, do you know this? The, do you know the the, uh, the little Easter egg that they put in uh, Jurassic Park? Is that uh, all of uh, what's the Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight, who played so, Newman on, uh, on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Wayne Knight, who played Newman on Seinfeld, yeah. and it was Dennis Nedry in uh, Jurassic Park. That's fan club. That's fan club. <laughs> uh, more like Dennis Nerd, Nerdy. Yeah. Uh, he's, cool his costumes, in the, in throughout the, he starts off wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and then he wears a grey sort of uh, anorak, and oh. then at the end he's wearing like this yellow Mac. And those are the three, three of the costumes that the kids wear in the Goonies. Is also a Spielberg oh, film. Oh, what a dork! It is. It's sort of too much. That's it too almost, much. No, yeah, I why, don't like. It's too it's sort of like, Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. no, don't it, like it. It, it. At first, it's sort of like my mind exploded. I was just like, that's 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 kind of. And then the minute I put any thought into it, I thought that's awful. <laughs> it's made, it makes me actually like Jurassic Park slightly less. I always hated the Goonies. I hate the Goonies. Anytime I mention I like a film on Twitter, a bunch of men, and they're usually in their forties, will say, "Yeah, but is it as good as the Goonies?" This is constant. There are two films oh. I hate mentioning on Twitter. One is Dune, because people will tell me I didn't understand Dune, and the reason I think Dune is a shit film the, is because the, I, the David Lynch. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. I watched it's it recently. It's famously awful. It's, it's but a great film. Great film too. Are you just being contrary? No, I love it. Why do you love it? Because it's got um, uh, Freddie Jones in it. Going, it's grand, grand fear. He's, he's, he does a. Uh, that's how he talks. He's like that in uh, The Elephant Man as well. I like him in any film. I, like, I think it's got a great combination of British character can, actors and like, Sting. You can like a performance, but the film is. I mean, oh, but it's not, it is, it's definitely a flawed film, but I do like it. I couldn't watch it. Did I see it with you? Yeah, you saw it with me. <laughs> I think it's really disappointing because it starts off really amazing. I think that first scene when they bring out the thing in the tank of water yeah, yeah. and you just go, wow, this is going to be great. I can't believe that this is... And then it's sort of like a bit like The Dark Crystal, a film that I've never sat all the way through. And uh, and you think, oh, it's going to be you know pretty exciting. The, du- the but, Dark um, Crystal has a weird thing where sometimes it's puppets, but sometimes it's just like dwarves that are playing them in sort of long shots and things. So it's quite an odd thing where you suddenly see them running and you go, ah! It's a puppet. But they do that in Labyrinth as well with the dog, and sometimes it's a, a puppet dog, and then sometimes it's an actual sheep dog that's running around with a Muppet strapped <laughs> to its back. And you kind of go, oh, okay. Anything Jim Henson now just reminds me of the kind of people that come to screenings at the BFI that are so dorky that no one would go but me and Nat. Like it started, it started off as we point out somebody and go, he looks like he was made by the Jim Henson Creature Shop. But now, in my head, it's just... It's the other way around. I can't watch Labyrinth without going, oh, he looks like that guy. From the, that you've seen in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> it's ruined. I'm the same with Goonies, though. I don't have a big... Like, I, I kind of like it, but I, I just... I think he, I think I'm done with it. I don't think I need to see it anymore. I just thought that when I was growing up, it, it's sort of like Indiana Jones for kids. Mm. But I always thought that Indiana Jones was Indiana was Jones also, for kids. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I didn't think, I want to be that unpopular kid that's in a gang called the Goonies. I used to think, I want to be Indiana Jones. And so that's what... Um, also, um, I wasn't... And, you know, I was the fat kid. So that was the worst kid out of the Goonies <laughs> to be. You know, when you go to school and everyone's shouting, do the truffle shuffle at you. Then it's just kind of like the Goonies has a very different connotation growing up, you know. So keep it light. So, <laughs> so Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, I really, I I really like Kirby Enthusiasm. Um, uh, I I used to get like the box sets over Christmas, mm-hmm. and then I'd watch them on DVD. And the the menu screen for Kirby Enthusiasm just plays the theme tune over and over and over again. Oh and what I would do because it was Christmas, I would uh, be drinking at Christmas with my family, and I'd go to sleep and I'd put on a Kirby Enthusiasm DVD, and I'd wake up and it'd just be on loop. <laughs> and it's sort of like subliminally, I'd been listening to that for about nine hours, <laughs> and I think that it really does affect your sort of like uh, your mood for the rest. Of the week, really. Do you, do you then just get into Larry David all style situations? All sorts of scrapes. playing in your head. Saying inappropriate things about people's children. Yeah. Right. The so. thing is, another thing with that show is that people who don't understand Kirby Enthusiasm, 
they go, oh, isn't he awful? And you go, no, no. he's doing exactly... He's just doing the thing you want to do or you're thinking about doing. <laughs> but also, most of the time, he's in the right. Yeah, that's it. And it's really frustrating watching other people like just automatically being up... You know, like Ted Danson. Yeah. Being angry at him. I mean, you think, come on, Ted, you used to be a legend in Cheers. <laughs> the prequel to Frasier. It all connects. Yes. In the final season, that's the one that club. just happened... Um, I felt that I wasn't on Larry's side all the time, and I thought okay. that was a big flip. Well, I thought that he was, was a... trying to force the situation a bit too much. By the end of the season, he sorted it out. That but... was also the thing with one foot in the grave that I always felt like I agreed with Victor Meldrew, even when he was one oh, of yeah. those. Uh, yeah. It's like anyone who's meant to be crotchety, and people go, "Oh, come on, <clears throat> he's awful." You go, "No, he's 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 the right. He's been frustrated by something by other people. That's it. The problem is other people." Sure, they're the worst. Sure, I didn't. I t- but I would say that I, although I, I enjoy watching Kirby Enthusiasm, and I really love Larry David. I would say that that show has made me laugh, maybe five times in all of its. I, I watch it. I watch it like in huge blocks. What do you call it? Binge watching. Mm-hmm. That's what they. That's <laughs> the kids call it. <laughs> That's what the kids call it. So I've watched. So I like binge watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Maybe it's because you watch more than one episode in mm. a row, and then all of a sudden you just become like it becomes more like a. Mm. A ticking off exercise. Well, like, in mind. Right, yeah, I've done that series. Now I'm on to the next. You know. But we also know now that you've watched them all whilst drunk on Boxing Day. <laughs> Not just Boxing Day, mate. All the way into January the fifteenth. <laughs> there were long celebrations in the Hell House. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have a favourite episode of Seinfeld? Hmm. I like the contest. The contest. You describe the contest. The contest for the is the one where they make a bet. For who can go the longest without wanking? Yes. Yes. And, and they and never say wanking, do they? they? No, no. Are you, they ask each other, are you master of your domain? Oh, yeah, I'm queen of the castle. Um, <laughs> but the first one out is Kramer, obviously, because he's been looking at, across the street at uh, this naked woman who keeps just wandering nakedly around her apartment. <laughs> Again, you couldn't do this now. <laughs> no, because now it's bad. <laughs> now it's bad to spy well, on people. It's just like, you know, the most uh, wholesome, friendly show on the planet, Friends. And you watch that now. That's got a naked guy in it. It's got an ugly oh. naked guy in it. Oh, who, yeah. they're, who they're body shaming every episode that yeah. he appears in or doesn't appear in. And all of the storylines in Friends are sort of like kind of dodgy. And it's kind of, you can't go back. You can never go home. How does Mad, mad About You... Uh it's Hold great. Up. It's great. Any uh, any dodgy storylines in that? The thing that I'm most surprised about is that it's a, it's a show about a married couple, and uh, you know they do sort of like jokes where um, uh, he's on the phone to um, his mum while they're trying to have sex, and uh, he calls his or some. I don't matter. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, we're on the phone to our parents, and uh, one of them says, "Can you come to the phone?" But they're having sex, and then she shouts out, "I'm coming!" And then you go, "Oh, it's like uh, I'm coming to the phone in front of my mother, but I'm actually coming orgasm." Oh, really? Joke, and you just go, "Wow, that's really." I wasn't. I wouldn't be expecting that. You wouldn't get that in Friends. Yes. And there's also a thing where. She teaches him how to change the toilet roll, and you think, "Oh, right, so they're they're living in a universe where they actually uh, shit." Right. Yes, they're making <laughs> and references to it, and that's kind of like unheard of in mm. uh, American TV. Right? I know, certainly. In fact, you both definitely will have seen this film. Uh, Demolition Man has a yep. funny thing where that references. It's like, but Demolition Man, right? It's like my. I mean, I love Sylvester Stallone. So, so Demolition Man is a, a ninety. Three at ninety. It was the same year as Cliffhanger in yeah, ninety three. Mm-hmm. So, a film with uh, Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone, set yeah. in the future, or is it one of those? I think it's twenty twelve. Oh, is it? Yeah. So we've passed it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're living in Demolition Man's future now. But uh, Demolition Man has a running joke about the fact that they don't have toilet paper in the future, and they use these three seashells. And it's this, <laughs> and, and you never find out what the three. Se- although, if you Google it, there are theories. But, um, <laughs> but you, never find theories. Out, you never find out what the three seashells are actually used for. And it's this amazing film where Sylvester Stallone is kind of like it's, he's sort of like doing this tongue-in-cheek performance. Uh, it never kind of like fully goes into pastiche. It's still kind of like I think it, it could do and it should do. But it doesn't quite do. Mm. It, it, you know, it should be kind of like an ironic film, but it's not really. He's but quite naked in that film. He's really naked, and mm. they famously uh, uh, leaked uh, set photos. I've of him. seen it. Yeah, I had it on my phone for a bit. <laughs> it's crazy. 
was crazy. <laughs> he wanted them uh, destroyed, and you'd think... Why? It, it, well, exactly. It's quite you'd, impressive. You'd think it was because um, uh, it was a cold day, but I saw no the shrinkage. photo. There's no shrinkage. That shrinkage is a word that came to us from Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. Another Seinfeld from the, uh, the Hamptons episode. Um, the shrinkage. But a lot of the words came from uh, a guy who, he was one of the first people to write a Seinfeld episode who wasn't Larry David or mm -hmm. Jerry Seinfeld. His name's Peter Melman, and I've become pally with him on Twitter. He's the best. Um, but he invented, well, he wrote the, the episode with the sponge. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he invented sponge worthy, worthy, which is a word I use all the time. And what's it refer to? Well, Elaine's uh, method of birth control is she uses the Today sponge, which I had never heard of until that episode. And then I had to, like, as a kid, I just thought, I don't know what that is and didn't look it up. And then, like, last year I went, wait, what the fuck is a sponge? Do you know what it is? Well, I presume it's a sponge It's a sponge that you have to, like, shove up yourself. But it's got, like, a long elastic band that I think hangs out and so that you can retrieve it. Or I don't know if you Maybe have to, like, it's good that you can retrieve to get it, it back. <laughs> It's so many. Otherwise, you just keep sticking sponges at you. Mm. Yeah. You retain it, like, so much water. And <laughs> sperm. It just soaks up. All, it's so disgusting. Anyway. So, so what you do, you pull it out with the elastic band, and then you wring it out. And then just... <laughs> and then whack it back up there. Apparently, you can leave it in for, like, 24 hours. It's fine. And it's filled with spermicide, so it kills everything. It's weird, though. I've never heard of a sponge. It's pretty gross. Uh, and is that because it's a 90s thing? Well, in the episode, it's taken off the market, and then uh, Elaine is freaking out because she loves the sponge. And so she goes around to every general store and chemist to try and get every sponge that's left in the place. She ends up buying a crate. I think it's got, like, 80 sponges in it. Um, I've got a picture of the sponge right here. It looks like uh, a cross between an eye patch and a uh, catapult. Yeah, mm. it, and it's sort, it sort it of. It doesn't looks look that like dissimilar to our earphones that we've sure. got in our ears right now. Sure. Spongy earphones. Uh, and also, just an update there uh, Demolition Man is set in 2032. Okay, still 20, years We off. could still be using shells in 2032. We could. How do you think we'd use them? Uh, I well in my oh no, I don't really want to get into it. I'm not that sort of comedian, <laughs> but I do have an idea of how you would use them. But um, so the end of Demolition Man, yes. just to go back to that, just to tie up that knot, is uh, is you've got Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock walking off into the sunset. Sandra Bullock, obviously, star of Two Weeks Notice. It all connects. That's, That's fan, fan club. club. <laughs> um, you've got Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock walking off into the sunset together. Because uh, spoiler alert, he saved the day. And uh, <laughs> and his his the last line of the film is him romantic. Leaning over to Sandra Bullock saying, So, tell me about the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we're living in the future, and so when Sloan is basically the closing line of Demolition Man, is him leaning over to Sandra Bullock saying, How'd you wipe your ass again? <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and for that reason, Demolition Man is going into fan club. Yes. Like, it's, like, it's like Room, room 101. But, 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 but you're keeping it. Keeping it. Right. Have you seen B-Movie starring Seinfeld? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. I've sort of seen a bit of it. It's often on TV over Christmas, but it's, it looks like it might be quite hard going. It's I don't feel like it's not I better. To. It's weird that it's not better than it is. Yeah. And, and do you watch uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? Yes. And what do you think of that? I really like it. Um, I really like... Uh, the Sarah Jessica Parker episode is nice because she comes across as just like a nice person. Yeah, I always get the impression she's yeah, nice. She's I went when David Let. Oh, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, there's a big feud with her and Kim Cattrall on the internet where she comes across as kind of a bitch, but. Who, Sarah Jessica Parker? But she can't possibly be because of that episode. Yeah, so. I, well, I, I think uh, maybe it's Cattrall. Sure, Maybe. but mm, it's nothing but a big PR stunt, is it, for all the people involved in it? Mm -hmm. Everyone comes out of Comedians in Cars getting coffee. Look, My favourite Comedians in Cars episode, though, is the one uh, with Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, where he goes over to their house because they go and watch movies. To, right, they yeah. watch movies every week together, and yeah. they're so old and <laughs> definitely near dead, and it makes me so sad. But they just sit there and they watch movies, and and they've got, like... Their favourite movies all have certain lines, and I think one of the lines is uh, secure the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Carl Reiner just fucking loves it. <laughs> my, um, my least favourite Steve Martin film for a long time was Man With Two Brains, because... Um, really? Yeah, weird, isn't it? Why? Uh, have you I seen Bringing Down the House? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, okay. <laughs> right, of the 80s, okay. and, uh, and uh, when Steve Martin was Steve Martin... Uh, 
and uh, yeah, I watched it again recently, and I just uh, I was in a different mindset. <laughs> well, maybe I was using my other brain, and uh, no, no, and because uh, that means penis a lot of the times, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So I watched Steve Martin's Married Two Brains just using my dick this time. And, uh, that's fan club. That's fan club. <laughs> no, it's really good. I, uh, so yeah, I gave it another go, and I, I like it. I really love the first half of the jerk. That's one of my favourite. Oh, I love the jerk. Oh, and then absolutely. the second half of the jerk is kind of like a bit like it gets a bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm all for the jerk. I love the jerk. I've I just think the first times. 45 minutes, 40 minutes of the jerk is some of the best things. Before I've ever he's seen. found his special purpose. Before he's found, well, before, when he gets really arrogant and then it's all like I just. Like, oh, don't let it go to your head, Navin. But the Mary T. Brains, yeah, it's just, it's like every single scene, every single, you know, every single scene in the movie is doing a different thing. It's kind of like, it, as an as a entire film, I guess it works. But when you think about it in terms of the fact that every single scene is, uh, is like a sketch into itself, then and it's it's just like oh I don't know I can't describe it really I guess that's why I got this show. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. That Mary was it, wasn't it? Was like that really was good. that Steve I've Martin lost. and Carl Reiner had a real sort of run of films together. Mm. I think that's incredible. What, yeah. a, what a run! I haven't seen all of me in a long time. Anyway, we should probably play a song. Uh, yes. What song are we going to play? I want to play Alice Cooper's Poison. And um, is there a reason for that? Um, yeah, because I uh, I think there's a good story about Alice Cooper. Right, so uh, I heard this on WTF uh, with Mark Maron. Alice Cooper was friends with Groucho Marx. Yes. yes. And um, when Groucho Marx was old and was having trouble sleeping, he'd phone up Alice Cooper and say, do you want to come over and watch movies? Yeah. So he'd come over and he'd sit beside his bed and so they'd be watching this old black and white movie and Groucho Marx would be pointing out which of the actors was gay <laughs> <laughs> and which of the actresses Harpo had banged. Oh, really? And I just love that picture of them sitting there. And Alice Cooper used to put his cigars out for him. He'd fall asleep in bed <laughs> and he'd put his cigars <laughs> out for him. Oh. And really sweet. And Shep Gordon, Alice Cooper's manager, yep. basically uh, sorted out all of Groucho Marx's finances when he was too old. Superman. Good guy. Yeah, absolutely uh, amazing. Right, OK. <laughs> I could talk about Alice Cooper for eight of these episodes. And that was poisoned by Alice Cooper. She's got a lovely voice, hasn't she? <laughs> uh, did you enjoy that, Nick? Uh, I, I do. I, I, subconsciously, I did really like the fact that when I was miming along, I was miming along to the backing singers. Yes, you were. <laughs> I like. No, it's yeah. nice because it feels like uh, you know your place. Don't I know yeah. your place. I'm, I'm not Alice. You're not worthy. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not worthy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You know. <laughs> anyway, another reason I like that song is um, as a fat teenage goth who grew up in Australia the line black lace on sweat really speaks to me yeah. I just imagine it's the band black lace sweating <laughs> as they're, they're trolling out another, well, having another gangbang or something black, black lace slipping Superman. around on a, a, a stage covered in sweat <laughs> uh, yeah I think that was the first Alice Cooper song I knew of I think yeah I remember it, hearing it in primary school and it being a big primary school song my, really? sister, my sister bought that on single and that and I was scared of him because he had like a skull on his t-shirt. Yeah. On the, on I think I thought he was probably new, like a new. I think that's what a lot of people thought. I mean, he, he that was his album. That it, I mean, this is a slippery, slidey slope that we're on. Now. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah, was that, that was that was like his big comeback album. He had like two albums before that, which was Constrictor and uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, uh, which came out <laughs> in 1986. Um, what one was this? 89. This was uh, 88, I think. Um, yes, that would have been. It's got some good. Been nine. It's got it's better nails on it. It's got. The whole album, he basically doesn't do anything other than poison off it live because it's all they're all fucked 
songs. And, yeah, uh, it's got, Bed of Nails is about doing it. That album has got uh, Stephen Tyler on it, uh, Bon Jovi's on it. It was uh, Desmond Child produced it, so it's got um, like loads of people from their kind of like wheelhouse. And uh, and it was like his big. He'd done two sort of like warm up albums, and then that was his big album that brought him right back to the top. What's remarkable right is we have we have done two episodes of Fan Club. And uh, so far, we've managed to play Alice Cooper both times. Once with you, and now it's Hayley Campbell's uh, choice. We've I mean, got to keep playing. It wasn't my fault this time. No, that was, was it. It was, it was nice. genuinely the guest. But I'm not going to lie. If she hadn't asked for it, I would have played something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not Poison, uh, because I have heard that song a lot. But, uh, but I think it's words. good to remind people <laughs> why he's uh, an icon. Um, right, so speaking of icons, who is... Your pop culture icon, Hayley. Well, I was asked this, and uh, I said Woody Allen, but it's uh, mainly just old Jews in general. I just seem to worship old Jews, but I do love Woody old Allen. Jewish comedians, or old in Jewish general. comedians, and also like Philip Roth, Don DeLillo, like old old Jews. But I find myself defending Woody Allen all the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't know what he did. <laughs> No. <laughs> but uh, that's Keep it, a, like. Yeah. That's a, I, do, I, I will defend his films. I, I love them. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, some of them. Oh, I mean, like, there's this argument that you can't... We're not allowed to like Woody Allen movies anymore because of whatever, and, and various people are being cancelled um, right now all over the place. But uh, I think that's an argument kind of upheld by people who haven't met many artists. If you believe that all artists are good people, then... Uh, there's I don't think of, that really works. There's a lot of PR involved uh, these days, but um, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? I've never really liked Oasis. I never got into Oasis, mainly because <laughs> of stuff they said about Damon Albarn in the late 90s. Right. And, uh, and I've never been able to sort of like disassociate that from their actual creative output. Um, but I do like a lot of Woody Allen films. I like Woody Allen so much that I went to the Royal Albert Hall and I saw him. I saw Woody Allen and his New Orleans jazz band, and it was terrible. Mm. And I was the youngest person <laughs> there by about 30 years. And I went with my friend Ollie, and at the interval, Woody got up, and uh, it was one of the first times he actually spoke to the audience. So we really were just sitting through what is no one will ever say a really shitty band. Like, Woody can't play the clarinet. Mm. Uh, and I got that. That's information I only got because I went and I saw. Right, yeah. uh, his band is kind of mediocre, but they hold him up. But he can't play. Mm. Um, he got up at the interval and he said, um, you know, I, I don't really understand why everybody's come to see this. But if you want to get the jump on the parking lot, now is the chance. You've got 20 minutes. Like, run. Right. You don't have to come back. And Ollie just looked at me and he said, I can't take this anymore. I'm so sorry. And he just left. <laughs> <laughs> but I sat through the whole thing. It was awful, but, you know, now I've seen him. He but, was wearing what he always wears. But when he does uh, that, he doesn't talk to the audience, does he? No. So I think He seemed that, genuinely baffled that we were there. Yeah, I find that a bit weird because he does know who he is and he does know, you know, why he has fans. Uh, mm, like, yeah. like, so I went to see Steve Martin. I took my dad to see Steve Martin play banjo at the Hammersmith Apollo. <laughs> and it was Steve Martin playing banjo at the Hammersmith Apollo. And it's clear that nobody wanted to see that. So, like two weeks before it, it, they arrived it said playing banjo and comedy and then it says like, oh right and so they started marketing it like oh he will be talking as well so I was imagining it would be like a Woody Allen situation where he wouldn't talk yes, to the audience yeah. wouldn't even acknowledge him and he'd just play and so when we went it was um, I was excited because it was like this is the closest I'm probably ever going to get to see Steve, Steve Martin doing stand up and, uh, and it was sort of like a, a mix in between where he did sort of see he doesn't even sing in his songs. There's another guy that sings. He just plays the banjo. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're watching this guy playing. And then in between, he would do these kind of jokes, like he was forced to do these jokes. But um, he was really funny. It was really great. I'm glad I saw it. But it's kind of like one of those. It was the Hammersmith Apollo. It probably would have been great in a smaller venue. Mm. Where was Woody Allen on? Royal Albert Hall, which I think is the worst place to hear music because the sound bounces off and it, sure, it's just right. really echoey and bad. Right. Mm. And but so might his music be, right? It but might not be. He's, I don't know how accomplished it, he is. Yeah, it, the Royal Albert Hall. Prince Albert. What? <laughs> <laughs> the well, Prince Albert Hall is next door. <laughs> What's the big round one? The big round one. The, the big Albert round Hall. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get that I mixed right. up with the Festival Hall. Okay. Yeah, Royal Albert Hall. And um, But I think the right place to see a band like that is just a small club with a low ceiling and um, <laughs> where you can actually see him. And I don't know. 
Yeah. It, it was just well, it like was bad. a New York jazz cafe. A New York jazz cafe thing, which is where he usually plays. Mm-hmm. And where he was playing the night he won the Oscar for Annie Hall. But he's like, I can't come get it because I'm playing my jazz band. Sure. I never know how I feel about that, though. I know we're meant to be like, oh, that's really cool. But I always go, oh, come on, mate. Go on, get your Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, well, I can't do. I'm playing a 40 people in a pub. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. Because the night that uh, Michael Caine won the Oscar for Hannah and her sisters, he really wanted to be there because he was on the set of Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> and, and he couldn't accept it because he was filming Jaws the Revenge. I mean, I'd say, I'd say uh, Michael Caine's glasses got Best Supporting Actor that year, didn't they? They're huge. They were incredible. His, but nose, Michael Caine... his nose should have got Best Supporting Actor <laughs> for supporting those bloody great big glasses. Yes. What is That's the... fan club. I always forget the name of the film I liked where he's making breakfast at the beginning. Oh. And he's got those big glasses. The Ipcris File. The File. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant film. Yeah. The bit with his, uh, where he's with the woman and, uh, and she says, do you always wear your glasses? And he says, well, not in bed. And then she takes them off. Take them off and it goes blurry. It goes blurry. Absolutely brilliant film. And then he can't find the right hole. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so what's your favourite Woody Allen film? Well, I love Annie Hall, but um, my second favourite is Crimes and Misdemeanours. Because I and is that, which one who's in that one? It's um, the one Martin with, Lando. Yeah, Lando. Yeah. So, yeah, the guy who plays Bella Lugosi right, in yeah. Ed Wood, and he is banging Angelica Houston on the side, and then she wants to come and tell his wife that we've been banging for two years, and he's like, "Well, you can't do that." So he's like weighing up whether or not he should have her killed, and um, it's really dark and deep, and it's not as funny as the other ones. But it's actually hilarious. It's just dark. There's just murder over the top of it. Sure. Um, and uh, who else? Alan Alder is in it. Oh, oh classic. <laughs> wearing, a, wearing a pink jumper. And he's a bit of a prick in <laughs> if it. If you don't know who Alan Alder is, he's one of the stars of Tower Heist. <laughs> <laughs> and Mia Farrow. Mm. Always. Keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things I like about one of the things I find interesting about Annie Hall is that the film that we ended up with it's one of his least it's one of the films that he's least happy with and the film that we ended up with was uh, such a bastardisation of what he set mm. out to do. But what films does he like of his then? The terrible ones. He probably likes whatever all works, the ones he's making now. Dreadful. Yeah. Shadows and fog. That isn't that meant. Be, I've not seen that. Oh. Isn't it meant to be? Is it hard work? It's hard work. See, he's made a lot of bad films. I really dislike Hannah and her sisters. Really dislike it. Why? I think that's his worst film. I really I like think the it's bit. Appalling. I, I think really it's like appalling. The, film. I really like the bit when he's walking down the road with Diane Weist and he goes, "Should we just kiss now and get it out of the way?" Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then you know, Diane Weist <laughs> uh, comes back and she's she's a punk, <laughs> and it's that it such a sort of middle class New York idea of what punk music is and everything. It's embarrassing. Hate Hannah and her sisters. Diane the best Weist, bit. I always think of in Parenthood holding the there's the giant uh, vibrator in the kitchen. Do you remember that scene? Oh yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. But yeah. when you look at it now, the vibrator's just regular sized. It's because you're <laughs> it's because you were little. Because you're a kid. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, of course. The Lost Boys. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we should probably move on to really quickly. Um, yeah, all right. Okay, it's, uh, we haven't got time for your last category. I'm sorry, but what, out of interest, what was your favourite film? Favourite film? Oh, Pumping Iron. Oh, I wore a T-shirt. Oh, come on! Oh, come on! Open with Arnold Schwarzenegger! Oh, God, what is it? Oh, I mean, I could. We haven't got time. Should we do Um, do Pumping Iron instead of this? Tell you what, can you come back another time and talk to us about Pumping Iron? Sure. I am wearing a shirt that says Arnold is numero uno, though. I have a t shirt that says that as well. I've got that t shirt. It's not as nice as your t shirt, though. (laughs) I wear this to bed. I'm actually wearing my pajamas. But it is the radio, so it doesn't matter. I only live around the corner. <laughs> I mean, this is. It wasn't an invite. <laughs> 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 Me too. Oh, God. Um, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> Nick and Nat's fan club on Food Bar Radio. It's now time for the world famous Nathaniel Metcalf game, Better or Worse. Okay, better or worse is the game where you have to say which of these people is better or worse than the person following, based entirely on my own opinion. Are you ready for the first card? Yes. It's Kate Bush. Uh-huh. But is Kate Bush better or worse than uh, <laughs> Compo from Last of Summer Wine, actor below him? Uh, That's fan club. I think she's worse. Worse? <laughs> she's better than. Why she's is better. she better? Because she did uh, running up that hill. All right. He's just Compo. But is Compo <laughs> better or worse than Clegg, Peter Salis? Oh, I love Peter's. He, 
Peter Salas is better. So he's, he's also worse. he's also uh, Wallace, isn't he's he? Wallace. He's Wallace. He's Wallace. You gotta love Peter Salas. Yeah. But is Peter Salas better or worse than Robert England, the actor who played Freddy Krueger? Peter Salas is better. He is. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> is Robert England better or worse than James Earl Jones? <laughs> What's that from? Code of the Barbarian. Code of the Barbarian. You should know. Yeah. Uh, I say England is better, but you're not going to... No, come on. James Earl Jones is better. He's he's, uh, the dad in Lion King and Star Wars. He's the dad in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Is James Earl Jones better or worse than... Grace Jones. Uh, he's worse. I love Grace Jones. I think I love Grace Jones. Have you seen pictures of her with Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, Ooh. well... Did you deliberately pick Grace Jones because she's in Conan the Destroyer? Oh, no, but I should have done. Oh, a little fun fact there. There's an yeah. Easter egg. Um, it's Grace Jones. Better or worse than Stephen Burkoff, theatre director and actor. <laughs> <laughs> and star of... She's I used to say to my uh, teacher that... Uh, oh, Stephen Burkoff, my drama teacher. Stephen Burkoff, star of Cindy Crawford's Fair Game and, <laughs> and Rambo. <laughs> Two first blood. Uh, it's better. She's better. She is better. She is better. Um, Stephen Burkoff, better or worse than Groucho Marx? Worse. worse. That's fan club. She is worse. Is, is worse. <laughs> uh, Groucho Marx is what Groucho Marx. radio show mentioned Groucho Marx twice today? Yeah, it, it's the it's only the one. one. That, <laughs> yeah, it's the best one. It's Groucho Marx, Just better ra- or worse. Rattle through it. Come on, let's keep then, going. <laughs> then the film. Point Blank with Lee Marvin. Gretchen Marx is better. He is better. Okay, last one. Is the film Point Blank better or worse Worse. than The Godfather? It's worse. Um, The Godfather or Marlon Brando in The Godfather? Marlon Brando in The Godfather. He's uh, he's got his face, like, puffed out with uh, cotton balls. He does. Yeah, I guess it is better, right? It is. You've Um, done really well. Jack Barry got four. You've absolutely smashed it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Uh, just had a bit of a yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So that is better or worse. If uh, if you really love the game, better or worse, uh, tune in to the last uh, five minutes of the show every week, and you can hear it without <laughs> any of the precursor build up to it. So Jack Barry got uh, four out of uh, a pl- however many, however many. So he got four in the time that we allotted it. I guess that's all it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, Haley, uh, do you know how many Haley got? No, but probably we'll about twelve. We'll put her on the uh, <laughs> uh, Saturday kitchen uh, wall, and we'll work out what all of our guests, guests have got. done. And then at the end of the year, uh, we'll. Um, you know, probably be asked to leave the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Hayley. Thank you. I Thanks for having me. Come to the end of another fun-filled fan club. If you want to give us any suggestions of what we want to talk about at the beginning of each show, uh, then just, you know, keep your opinions to your fucking self. <laughs> right? We've got our own lives and we're busy people. <laughs> uh, no, please uh, tweet us with all of your helpful ideas. Uh, we'll be back next week. I can't work out what button I'm going to be pressing. This is the problem. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to end with... Um, oh, it's a good song, this. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.